Hello, everyone. This is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Um, today, I have a special one for a show that I just started watching probably about a month ago. I know the series came out, well, it kicked off in 2016, uh, one of Showtime's big hits of the last 10, 15 years. Um, it's a show called Billions, uh, starring Damian Lewis, Paul Giamatti, uh, Maggie Siff, um, Malin Ackerman, uh, Toby Leonard Moore. David Costable, and this is just season one's review. Uh, This season was amazing, Uh, 12 episodes, each episode about an hour long, Um, but this this opening season to the series, in a sense, it's just so well written, in my personal opinion. It's so intriguing, very layered, if you will, regarding some of the characterizations and then the plot lines that kind of kind of spawned due to the domino effect of cause and effect as well as consequences of some of the main characters' actions. Um, you are essentially following Damian Lewis's character, Bobby Axelrod, a.k.a. Axe. Um, he's running a billion-dollar hedge fund or a billion-dollar firm, if you will, an investment firm, uh, and he handles, like like I said, billions. I mean, he is a billion-dollar man, a billion-dollar you know, kind of entity, and he runs a very competitive, you know, business uh, where he encourages people to be fierce, to make those big decisions, to play the risk, but also kind of be smart about it, be calculated. Um, and his character, in my opinion, is the most interesting out of all the characters you're introduced in, um, to in season one. He's very, very charismatic. Damian Lewis does a great job with his portrayal of this guy that knows everything before other people know it, but still is kind of the subject to his own mental capacity in a sense, because there's only so much a guy like this can handle without cracking here and there. But when you crack, you know, there's things that might pop up or, you know, something you do, which you really wouldn't have done with a clear mind. Uh, And Bobby Axelrod has to go through that quite a bit. He's a very controversial guy. Made some really tough calls. He's a cold. He's a cold-hearted guy. He really is. He's a bastard, if you will. I mean, he's gonna make money. He's gonna make the the right decision for him, his family, and his company. That's where he lies in terms of, in a sense, where he, his character is in the in all of this. Um, and Damian Lewis, phenomenal. I mean, everyone knows him from Band of Brothers, but you know, he he really can be that lead. Uh, in a series, and I would like to maybe see him one day hop into some more films um, or something along those lines, because he's done some great things on TV. Shout out to Damian Lewis, uh, and, and honestly, probably one of my new favorite TV characters of all time, based on just one season of watching this, Bobby Axelrod. There's a, a scene in this, probably like episode four um, of season one, where one of his guys, Dollar Bill, uh, one of his investors, is analysts, if you will, for his company, uh, is getting legitimately indicted in the middle of the office and arrested by FBI agents. And it, it, just a subtle thing like this, Dollar Bill looks at Bobby Axelrod and they just give each other that look and Bobby Axelrod just nods at him. Like, you know that you're getting off scot-free. Like, he's going to have your back because you have his. And he kind of, like, is running genuinely a crime syndicate, but it's all legally done to the eye or at least to the untrained eye 
But uh, Bobby Axelrod is definitely a fucking really cool character, played by one of my favorite TV actors probably of all time, Damian Lewis, just because of Band of Brothers. Um, and just to see him kind of like in a role like this was weird. And it was refreshing, really refreshing. So shout out to him. Another guy that really pops off the screen uh, and is kind of the... There's kind of two main stars or main characters in this show. But Paul Giamatti plays a phenomenal attorney general. Now plays a guy named Chuck Rhodes who is twisted. Um, he will do anything he can to win a case. He only chooses winners. He does not take losers. Um... He is a very competitive man, and in terms of, like, if he was in Bobby Axelrod's line of work, he would probably be just as good as Bobby Axelrod, but this guy's fighting for quote-unquote justice. You see him kind of lose that sight, you know, of the main goal of trying to pursue Bobby Axelrod uh, multiple times. I mean, this guy has kind of got some weird things going on in his personal life. His wife is a psychiatrist or a psychologist for Bobby Axelrod's firm. She literally works on site, you know, making sure everyone's in that right mind space to be able to go make millions upon millions, maybe even billions of dollars, uh, making high stakes plays, big deals. Um, There's also, real quick, the final episode of season one is the best episode for sure. The final scene of the episode is probably the best scene in the show so far to me. I'm about to start watching season two, probably tonight. Um... But it, he, uh, Paul Giamatti's character, Chuck Rhodes, and Damian Lewis's character, Bobby Axelrod, are literally just going at it in every way, shape, and form. Um, you know, like, getting spies, getting informants, you know, leaking stories, getting fucking PIs on each other. Like, so many different things. And there was a, you know, towards the end um, of the first, like, the last episode of the finale... Damian Lewis's character, Bobby Axelrod, looks at Paul Giamatti's character, Chuck Rhodes, and he's like, when I pull a deal off the table, I leave Nagasaki behind. And I was like, oh my god. Like, oh my god. Like, it was just fire, bro. Like, the the acting is superb. Like, it's actually some of the best acting I've seen in a television show ever. I've seen a handful of series, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I, I've seen great shows from Lost to Prison Break to you know, regular show to different types of shows, True Detective, and this this one might take the cake when it comes to, like, realism. And I know not everything's going to be spot on to real life with some of the legal terminology, medical terminology, investing terminology, you know, all the little things that people can nitpick about, but I really do believe that um, this is a really, really good show with, you know, being propped up by phenomenal performances, and even better writing. Um, the characterization for each character is so in-depth, it's just phenomenal. You grow attached, or you genuinely learn to hate a character, um, just based on their actions, dialogue, and their overall story. Uh, and, and there's overall some really cool um, characters in this sh- first season, for sure. Uh, moving over to Maggie Siff's character, Wendy Rhodes, which is Chuck Rhodes' wife in the show, she is actually, like I said, the psychiatrist or psychologist for Damien Lewis's character, Bobby Axelrod's investment firm. So she hears all about the illegal shit that they do at that firm, goes home to the attorney general, which is her husband, and can't share a thing. So the conflict of interest is insane, for sure. Um, but Maggie Siff is phenomenal in this first season. She was a huge part of 
the functional the the functionality of of the different characters and how they all kind of connected in a way and her character pushed the plot and I, I think Maggie Siff is one of the best actresses or actors in this show and I, I don't know if she's going to be in it further I would assume so but phenomenal performance by her so far Malin Ackerman who plays Lara Axelrod obviously Bobby's uh, Axelrod's wife um, really good performance solid by her she's not really like crucial um, to the show or anything or to like the plot but she's kind of like that supporting cast member to Bobby Axelrod who will like she'll die for him it's quite obvious to see um and then two guys who I genuinely appreciate um, was Toby Leonard Moore's character, Brian Connerty. Um, Toby Leonard Moore is a slept-on actor. I mean, if you guys know John Wick, the guy that gets drowned in the sink, that's Toby Leonard Moore. Um, but in this, he plays a legitimate role, and I really appreciated what he brought to the table. His character has so much integrity so much pureness to him that he wants to do everything by the book the right way so that they can make a slam dunk case and everything around him he clearly sees like man i I, i'm like fighting against the current here and in the finale i mean he gets an offer he really genuinely cannot refuse we'll see if he does but his integrity and his ego are what pushes him and i i respect that and i actually really fuck with brian connery uh the character as well um, but Toby Leonard Moore, great performance by him. He, he felt crucial to Chuck Rhodes and that whole, that whole law side of the, the first season. He was always there. Um, just a really good and well thought out character played by a really good actor that needs, needs more work in my opinion. Uh, David Costabile, uh, plays Mike, uh, Mike Wagner, AKA Wags. He is literally Bobby Axelrod's right hand man. He's funny as shit. Um, You've seen him in so many different things for sure, but uh, he's more known for his supporting roles and like he pulls it off so well, but he is a big piece of the puzzle for figuring out like how dirty is Bobby Axelrod, how how bad is like the roots under his investment firm, how how sour is the soil in a sense. Um, really enjoyed his character and his funny remarks here and there and just overall, like, what he can bring to the comedic relief side of things. Um, and don't get me wrong, there's actually really good humor in the show, followed by really dark realizations and realities, but I, I just overall think that he kind of brings it together, especially, like, it's very well balanced. Like, Brian Connery brings that balance to the law side of the show, and then Mike Wagner, he does the same thing, but vice versa. You know what I'm saying? With the investment firm, you know, the realizations, the realism there, the brutality and the harshness. Um, and Brian Connerty is the same way, but to Paul Giamatti, his character, Chuck Rhodes. So the, the parallels are real and similar, and I, I really do appreciate that. Um, Dala Rashad plays Kate Sacker, really, really solid um, actress. She's absolutely gorgeous, but she really can hit on those, like, I don't know, revelation-type finds. Like, she's a, she's a good supporting cast member to this show. She brings that element of, I don't know, wit and smart cleverness to the law like side of things with Paul, Giamar Paul Giamatti's Chuck Rhodes character's team, excuse me, because um, there's just two teams going at it, you know what I'm saying? And it's just really entertaining. It's kind of nonstop. Um, it's emotional. It's... 
exciting, thrilling, to like informative as well as competitive as fuck. And you can appreciate that about a show that has no gunfights, has no, you know, intense fight scenes. It's genuinely all about the competitiveness of the highest levels of finance and law. And you get to see that and honestly appreciate it for what it is. Um, and I'm really excited to dive into this show because I, I really am hyped for season two. I'm excited to see what they'll potentially do there with some of the characters and some of the plot lines that kind of left us with like a cliffhanger or like a, oh shit, if that actually happens, then what what's going to happen, you know? A lot of questions for sure, and I, I know I'm only one season into this show, but I think it's definitely worth it. Um, I would give season one out of ten, I would give it a nine. Uh, I, I know that's probably a little generous. It only got an 88% on the audience score and a 78% via Rotten Tomatoes for the first season. It apparently only gets better from here, but I really do like the, the first season, the first episode or the first movie released in chronological order the most. I don't know why, because maybe I know that's what got me into it. It's like a psychological thing where you like will always like the first thing you associated that thing with. That could be a thing about it, but um, no, I, I do believe that this is a really well-written show, a well-directed show, good characterization, well-thought-out plots, well-thought-out storylines, interesting dynamics and chemistries between actors and actresses, but overall, just what's written for the screen, it's really fucking well done, and I, I get this the gist that I'm going to be kind of stuck on this like I was with Lost, for for a couple of years to come now because like this show you know it just gives me like chills it it makes me like excited for some of the characters like it just it gets me like feeling something and for TV shows that's so hard to do now everything's kind of bland on cable and this show's still airing today so they still got more and more to draw out and I'm excited to see where maybe this series ends if soon if not then I know I'll be definitely uh, I'll definitely be there for the ride. And I know I saw some really woke liberal shit about the show later on and saw some clips on Facebook or whatever, but I'm not really going to judge it there now because I'm not at that po- at that point in the show. I'm going to have to watch it for myself and see, you know, what it really is because I know Showtime's gone down that path, but you know, for what it used to be, you know, they used to pump out really high quality content and shows like this and, the, you know, if this first season was any indication of what the rest of the series is like, then I, I can't wait to watch it and, and dive into the, the, the plot, the, the characterizations, the characters themselves, and see, you know, where everyone winds up. And that's always the, the mystery or the fun of watching some of these TV shows. And I know, like, a lot of people out there that I know genuinely enjoy anime way more than actual TV shows, but there's so many good shows I could point people in the direction of like this, that, you know, get you enthralled, get you in ca- uh, captivated, get you interested in the actual substance of what's going on, instead of, like, always needing something nuts, an explosion, a fucking monster. Like, there's really good shows like this that bring the realism of the world into the story, into the show, and put it on screen, and you're like, okay, like, I can, be- this is believable. Like, this is believable. Like, person of interest, like, you know, maybe not Prison Break, but, you know, maybe Prison Break, who knows? You know, but it's just shit like that you can, you can kind of get the gist of and, 
like maybe even relate to it more because it's actual like in some cases real life like in this show you don't think that there's tons of bankers analysts invest investment firms CEOs, board meetings, and, and huge panels of people that are fighting for fucking millions and billions of dollars every day, then you're stupid. And I genuinely like how they brought that vibe of cockiness, entitlement, and wealth into the show, but they tied it into being humbled by real-world events. Like, they talked about 9-11. 9-11 was a, a component to the storyline in this show, um, you know, they bring up fire, the firefighters, they bring up the police unions, they bring up real things, um, and real world problems in the show. And they kind of tie it into, okay, how this, how is he going to make money off of this? And if not, how is he going to illegally make money off this? And how are we going to prosecute? And what are the steps, the loopholes? And they go through all of that in like a genuine manner. And, you know, I know it's like, you know, a Grey's Anatomy, if you will, like nothing's genuinely right about it. But at the same time, it's, it's more realistic than what you typically would get. Um, but with this particular show, I would definitely like to hear like a lawyer's opinion or like a an ex-Wall Street guy's opinion to see if it's all just bullshit. But it's mainly more about the dramatic side of things, like the conclusions. Oh, this guy's getting fucking arrested. Oh, this guy just made a million bucks. They don't really show like the process. And if they do, it's like, it's obviously Hollywood or dramatized. But, like, when they do the outcomes and, like, some of the reactions, it seems real. You know what I'm saying? Like, a guy that makes billions of dollars, like, will occasionally get on edge and everyone's going to be looking to him for answers when he doesn't have one. You know, what happens? I mean, and especially if he's getting looked at by the attorney general who is not going easy on him because he has a personal vendetta on him because he employs his wife, who, honestly, are going through marital issues in this first season. And you'll see what happens at the end if you you know, decide to watch it. Really interesting plotline, though. You don't really see a lot of what you see coming. It's not predictable. It's a, it's a fresh take on things, if you will. It's interesting. It's modern. It's got the humor. It's got some, you know, that comedic relief that's needed. Um, it's got really good dialogue. It's got really good writing. The plot lines, the storyline, incredibly interesting. Like I said earlier in the episode, layered. You can like dive deeper and deeper and deeper on certain characters, and when plot lines thicken, you find out more. And it's just you don't get to see this amount of detail in a show as much as you should. Like there's a handful of shows that are like like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I could name Hannibal, Lost, Prison Break, a couple cartoons like Archer, shit like that. Like you you get the the quality, but you also get the consistency, and they're not sacrificing either or. And from what I've seen out of the first 12 episodes, aka the first season of Billions, they spare no expense on trying to get that consistency, to try and get that modernization, to get the right vibe, the right look cosmetically, maybe even verbally. Everything has to be like kind of down to that detailed T, and you get it. Like, one thing that happened in episode one is going to be brought up in episode seven because someone said something. It's very detailed, consistent. They remember everything. It's not just some sloppily written show where they forget what happened to that particular character in season one, episode four, but they're completely going back on their word in the next season just because of polls or trends. It's not like that. I feel like this is genuinely a show that was written, thought of, 
and developed because it was a brainchild. Like it was it was something that someone was working on for a while and it got produced, it got the right looks, it got the right production company and Showtime took it away and did what they had to do with it and hell man, I, I'm interested, I'm captivated. I'm giving the first season a 9 out of 10 like I said earlier. I think it's worth the watch. I think if you haven't seen Billions, check it out. The first like six seasons are free on Amazon Prime so that's kind of what I'm using right now. I know the latest season, which I believe is season seven, you have to pay for. So, you know, take your time watching it, which is what I'm doing. But expect a season two review probably within the month. Um, and hopefully we can catch up and get ready for, you know, whatever else they drop in regards to billions. I, I really am interested. You got a fan and you got a fan out of me, Showtime. Um, you know, shout out to the whole writing crew, directors, the cast, everyone, the crew, everyone for a great product, a great show, and something I'm going to be looking forward to, and I hope I'm not let down. But everyone out there, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Tea Time Reports. I greatly appreciate all the support. It's been a fun kickoff to the year. Hopefully we can you know, get back to, to that main consistent level of pumping out not only a ton of music, film, TV show content, but getting on top of all different types of sports like we were. The NFL season has occupied a lot of that time, but if you haven't uh, given us a check out on our website, teatimereports.com, make sure you give us a little uh, a little click or two there and follow us on all of our social media platforms, Tea Time Reports on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, slash X, threads, and make sure, you know, give us a little follow on whatever platform you listen to this episode on. It's greatly appreciated. Tell your friends, your family, uh, if you have any constructive criticism or hell, maybe you want to get on the show and talk about something interesting or something you're um, you know, kind of devoted to or passionate about, we'd love to hear you out. So, you know, the uh, business email is readily available. So, you know, do your due diligence. This is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Stay awake, stay safe, take care, everyone. Peace.